Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is the Johnny Cleveland Podcast. All things Cleveland sports with your host, John Suchan. Good day, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're listening from. This is the Johnny Cleveland Podcast, and I am your host, John Suchan. Welcome aboard. Hope wherever you're listening from or whatever time of day you're listening at, you are having a great day. It's great to be alive and kicking. We are coming to you from the Buckeye State. I'm in the Columbus, Ohio region, and guess what? It is raining. That's right. It is raining. We haven't seen rain here in Ohio in like three weeks. Everything has dried up. I used to live in Kansas for 26 years, and the last couple of weeks have reminded me of living in Wichita. All the brown grass, ugh, ugly. So we're happy to see the rain May it keep raining all day. I'm actually looking out the window right now as it's pouring outside. Welcome to our show and welcome to the Fanatical Elves Network. We have just experienced our Browns mini camp. And uh, we're going to talk about that and what, what we saw and what we think and what we believe as Browns fans is the hype real this time is it i just love having you along on our johnny cleveland podcast and it's been a full week for myself and family and uh got to experience a high school reunion this past uh weekend friday went up to worcester worcester high school class of 1988 it was fun to uh, get back and see many people I have not seen in 35 years. That was the first one. That's right, folks. First reunion I've ever been back to. I want to thank all the people there, uh, especially friends of mine like Jody and uh, who's put on a, just coordinated the event for our Worcester high school mates. And uh, she and the others that helped coordinate everything were just fantastic. It was really cool. And they had some nice events. And I know for many of them, it was nice to reconnect and uh, talk about the past. 
and talk about their futures, talk about kids, talk about grandkids, do all that fun stuff. And um, if you've ever been to a reunion, it's a lot of uh, emotions, right? Ups and downs. You know, who do you talk to? Who do you not talk to? Who do you remember? Do people look the same? We don't many times, but sometimes we do. So it was good and it was fun. And uh, we'll see what happens for the next one. I'm creeping up there. You know, I really felt old when my daughter, Mariah, Mariah Mo Money has been on the show with uh, her boyfriend, Matt. They live out there in Seattle. I'll be heading out that direction here shortly. Looking forward to getting out there to Seattle again. Wonderful area. If you've never traveled to the Northwest, the Emerald City, the Pacific Northwest, it's a phenomenal area. So much to do. Um, Mariah mentioned when I was going to my reunion of 35 years that she would be heading to her 10th reunion. That's when you start realizing that you're old as a parent. (laughs) So, um, we're getting older, right? Browns fans. And, uh, but it's, it's, it's cool. It's cool. So this overhypeness, you know, what are we, what do we think? I mean, I was talking to some of my friends at the reunion and uh, we're, we're all lifelong Browns fans. We were there in the late eighties for the, um, the drive, the fumble, the shot I'm talking about basketball. But um, I was reminiscing with my friend, Doug that, um, and I've mentioned Doug on this show too, because he uh, contributed to the, uh, the breaking of our couch at our house after the fumble when Ernest Biner in the 1987 season, 88 game against the Broncos in the AFC Championship game, looked like he was going in for the winning touchdown and had the ball stripped at the one-yard line, and we all know what happened next, and we lose. Um, so jumping back to now, the Brownies have had their mini camp, and everyone is talking about Sean Watson and the new defense and Jim Schwartz and all these wonderful things that seem like they're going to finally put us over the top. But Browns fans, there's always next year. (laughs) And some of you Browns fans who are a little bit younger, you might listen to this and say, you're just a cranky old guy. Again, talking about, you know, being negative. We're not being negative. We're trying to be realistic. And while the Browns did and have and look like on paper that they've added some excellent depth and some new veteran leadership and some new coaches, Browns fans who've been around a while know that we've seen this before. We'll get into that momentarily. We, um, the, the, uh, the new players that the team has brought in, Zadarius Smith, made a big splash with that trade. And while Zadarius Smith has been a very good player over his career, his, his career is a little bit lengthier. He has been around the league for a little bit longer than some of the younger players that are currently on the team. I think Zadarius Smith has been in the league for, what, eight or nine seasons now. 
and he's avoided most injuries. But again, he's getting up there a little bit. And he's coming off of last, was it last season or the season before, where he did suffer a little bit of a stretch where he was injured. Will it have any bearing on what happens this next season? It might. And while we're fully expecting that Miles Garrett and Zadarius Smith are going to be the one-two punch that the Browns always needed, it was just last season and the season before that we had a guy named Javion Clowney who came in here and we thought, oh, Miles Garrett and Javion Clowney were going to do what we're hoping now that Miles does with Smith. And while, again, it looks good on paper, and while Smith has had seasons of 10-plus sacks, we got to see it play out on the field. We've picked up some players from the Kansas City, uh, one player from the Kansas City Chiefs, Juan Thornhill, a true uh, free safety. Some people have talked since John Johnson has left the building that John Johnson shouldn't be really uh, criticized for his play last year because he really wasn't a natural free safety. He was more of a strong safety. True. Um, What I didn't like about John Johnson, and many of you probably didn't like about John Johnson, was that it seemed like he would point fingers a lot at various players, coaches, and whatnot. He's not here anymore. You bring in a guy like Delvin Tomlinson now with the Browns' defensive line, their defensive tackles. Again, a good player, has had a good career, but again, he's been in the league for a little bit of a length of time. And while we want him to eat up uh, tackles and stop the rush, he's not a young pup. He's getting up there a little bit. Now, the Browns did draft a few other players. Uh, the kid out of uh, Baylor, Ika. Um, But there's some mixed reviews on him and how he performed when he was in college, how much effort he was giving, and what that's going to do when he gets to the Browns this season. So there was all the other players. I'll give you another couple of examples. You know, you've got your cornerbacks. The Browns picked up a Rodney McLeod. Again, another veteran who's had a really good, solid career. But again, he is aging and getting up there. Then you look at current veterans that the Browns have. Denzel Ward. I've been talking about Denzel Ward for years on this podcast about how he has not had a solid, steady career. His Every season, his career within that career he's been injured or suffered a concussion and uh he's living off of that 99 yard reception or interception he had of joe burrow two seasons ago that's what everybody goes back to it was a great interception stopped the momentum the browns won that game but those moments have been too far and too few his counterpart, the new kid the Browns picked up, Greg Newsom, out partying with Perion Winfrey at 3.30 in the morning at the beginning of minicamp. Not a good look to be out there 
partying. And Greg Newsom has speculated, we've speculated that he's wanted a trade out of Cleveland. It's a little bit surprising. The kids coming from Northwestern and you, I, you, the draft pick that was made with him, you just got this sense like he was a solid guy that would come in and be studious and do his thing and, and uh, produce. He didn't really uh, have interceptions when he was in Northwestern and he hasn't done much in Cleveland. Now they've moved him into the slot. Maybe they'll move him back out. They've got Martin Emerson, Martin Emerson of all these guys that I already talked about from what I saw was the most promising. He's got length, he's got instinct and uh, more so than uh, these other guys. And in some rankings right now, Emerson has been ranked higher than Denzel Ward or Greg Newsom. Rightfully so, I think. Now, on the offset, offensive side of the ball, you've got some real powerful names and weapons, potentially. It starts with Deshaun Watson. Is Watson going to return to that form that we saw back in 2017, 2018, 2019 with the Texans? I don't know. I mean, he's firing the ball over the place. He's making rocket throws as they're described in practice. And he's studious and he's got his nose in the playbook. Again, Browns fans, that's all that we're talking about right now is practice in the playbook. We haven't seen them go out there on the field and we won't until September, which is still what? One, two, three months away. It's a long time. And hopefully they continue to improve and they, they're ready to play week one against the Cincinnati Bengals, a home game. It'll be a big game. The Browns have, to be honest, dominated the Bengals. Uh, over the last several seasons, despite the Bengals going to the Super Bowl and despite their uh, controlling Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow did get a, finally a win against the Browns a season ago. Sticking with the offense here, you know, you've got Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb could have a 1,500-yard season. He could be playing the season out uh, in memory of the late Jim Brown. And there's that outside shot that potentially he could get to that record if the Browns were to give him an extra contract or extend that current one. I think that's obviously we and you know that Nick Chubb is the heart and soul of the Cleveland Browns. I will forever say that and believe that. Now, will he get a bazillion touches? It's really interesting because we forget and we don't many fans don't realize this they wanted him to get more touches and he actually did last year. He had more touches of the football than any other season that he's been in. He had 300 and some carries. You've got a wide receiver room now that has seemingly got paid better on paper. You got Armari Cooper, you have Donovan Peoples-Jones. You've added Elijah Moore. You've added Marquise Goodwin. By the way, Marquise Goodwin, I am, ex he is, if I have an opportunity to meet any of the players this year, and I might have an opportunity to um, be at the Browns games, uh, following them and working for uh, 
uh, Northeast in Sports Insiders. Looking forward to that opportunity. But if I get an opportunity to talk to any of the players, I would love to meet Marquise Goodwin. His story, his side stories, his family stories, his story of his of his family, his wife, his children, um, his sister who has a disability, are really phenomenal. The kid is an Olympian, folks. Marquise Goodwin has participated in the Olympics. Maybe you did not know that. He's a special character guy and uh i would love to meet this guy and and uh pick his brain a little bit so the browns have some really good talent on the wide receiver position how does it all play out on the tight end side of things you've got david njoku and harrison bryant who just renegotiated his uh contract which is a little bit of a surprise, but I like that. Harrison Bryant has been a steady Eddie guy. He doesn't blow you away with outlandish numbers, but he's getting, what, 30 catches a season, two or 300 yards a season, a couple touchdowns sprinkled in there. So there are some things to look forward to. Jordan Atkins, Atkins has played with Donovan, um, I'm not down, has played with Deshaun Watson in the past as well when they were with the Houston Texans. So some things to really look forward to there. Again, all these things, though, are on paper. We're talking about them in June. And there's always next year. You know, you go back and you look at um, previous seasons, you know, coming out of the 2020 season, the Browns were on top of the world. Fans were just couldn't wait for 21 to start. I did a 100-day countdown for the Johnny Cleveland podcast where every day I was coming on and saying, 98 days till they play the Kansas City Chiefs. Do you remember that? Did I annoy you? 45 days until the Browns kick off against the Kansas City Chiefs. And then I went to the Kansas City Chiefs Cleveland Browns game. I, many of you know, I lived in Kansas for most of my life, 26 years, had built great friendships and bonds with the people I worked with out there. And uh, that game in 21, after coming off of the playoff loss against the Chiefs, they opened the season against the Chiefs. And the Browns really controlled the majority of that game. The fans at Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City were quiet. They were not prepared for their team to lose. And unfortunately, the Browns made a couple of mistakes in that third and going into that fourth quarter and lost a heartbreaker. But there was so much hype going into that season. We had OBJ. We had Jarvis Landry. We had Baker Mayfield back. And we were thinking... We just came off an 11-5 and season. We just beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in the playoffs. This is going to be the, the, the run. This is the year we're going to the Super Bowl. I mean, come on, folks. We were there. We know you felt that way, too. But that didn't happen. And the last two seasons, the Browns and their coach, Kevin Stefanski, who is going into year four, I applaud that, the fact that the Browns have gone with him and stayed with him to this point. It is the, the longevity, the, a good move. Most teams that are successful long-term, we've talked about this in other 
broadcast have kept their head coaches around. But the 21 season and last year's 22 season were head scratchers. They were disappointments. They were sub 500 seasons. The NFL is such a competitive game at any moment. Any of these teams, even the, the weakest teams that you would say who don't win a game or two can beat any other team on any given Sunday. That's the name of, um, we have a show called any given Sunday. That's the name. Um, last year, Browns get that miracle win against Carolina. It shouldn't have been a miracle win. They had control of the game, kind of blew it toward the end, and were rescued by a Cade York field goal. Week two, you're dominating the New York Jets. You really were. The Browns were dominating the New York Jets. Up 13 points with under two minutes to go. Home opener for the Browns. And the Browns fans are stunned. The, the team is stunned because the team sucks. And they blow it with their secondary looking disoriented and out of sync. And from that moment on, the rest of the season was a struggle. You just didn't quite know what to expect. Now we're entering this season, this offseason. And we think we know what we want to expect or we should expect. But, again... We're three months away and it's fun to see the guys catching the ball in practice, but it's not the real thing. It's good. that The Browns have continued to not lose at the great amount that they had in the past. For example, you know, when they went through that, Oh, and 16 and one and 15 or one and 16 season went one thirty-one and one with Hugh Jackson. Um, we're not seeing that. But still, going 7-10 and 10 or 8-9 and nine is not ideal. And if you look at the Browns' schedule, the first four games are against, three of them are against um, divisional opponents. They are must-wins against the Bengals, the Steelers, and the Ravens. On your season schedule, when you play your division, those are must-win games. If you want to get to the playoffs you have to beat your divisional opponents. The Browns have struggled against the Baltimore Ravens the last several years. That will be a big game in week um, four. That's where we just gave away those free tickets, by the way, for that uh, week four game. Congratulations to um, our winner. And uh, I don't have that name in front of me, but it was... Um, we did share it on our previous podcast on the Any Given Sunday show, so tune into that if you haven't listened to it. So there's a lot of hype. Is it warranted? Mm. I would say no. I'd say until we actually see the real games being played, and I'm not even talking preseason. It's preseason, folks. The, the games don't count in preseason. The Browns went 4-0, and in preseason back in, what, 2017 with uh, Deshaun Kaiser, the former quarterback of Notre Dame fighting Irish. They went 4-0. and We're all, oh, my gosh, we're going to have a great season. What happened that following season? We didn't win a game, folks. 
You go 4-0 and in preseason, you go 0-16 or 17. Ugh. That's bad. All right. So, we're going to take a break. We're going to finish the final thoughts on this topic about the overhypeness. And then, since it's summertime, I thought we would share a little bit about our favorite summertime vacation spots. And we'd love for you to email the show with your answers of your own for that. And if you do, there might be some Browns giveaways for those of you who participate. That's right. You heard giveaways, free giveaways. The email to the show for the uh, Fanatical Elves Network is elvesnetwork at gmail.com. Elvesnetwork at gmail.com. E-L-F-Z network at gmail.com. So we'll be right back after these short commercials. This is the Johnny Cleveland Podcast. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Okay, we are back on our Johnny Cleveland podcast. I'm your host, John Suchan. Thank you for watching. If you're watching us, uh, Twitter on YouTube and Facebook. We love seeing you uh, listening to our show. We've been talking about the Browns and are they overhyped? They brought in some new talent. Some people believe that they brought in some real talent that could be good depth. But we kind of talked earlier about how some of that depth and talent is aging. The Browns have been in this position before with teams that they thought were going to be great, like the 21 season after the Browns had rolled through the 2020 season with Baker Mayfield and the boys. And that 21 season was dreaded. And yet last season wasn't much better. So why all of a sudden are the Browns going to be magically that much better this season. I just don't feel it, don't see it until we start playing the games. The games that matter start in week one. The Browns play the Cincinnati Bengals at home, but then they have to go on the road and play an away game on a Monday night against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I thought it was hilarious when I was listening to uh, Rod Bloom's Browns Blitz a few weeks ago. And he and his brother Jeff were talking about you could take fans out of the stands. You could take the guy that's selling hot dogs and dress him in a Steeler uniform, and the Steelers would probably still beat the Browns in Pittsburgh. It rarely happens. And so when the Browns beat the Steelers in that playoff game back in 2020, um, that was during the pandemic, by the way. There weren't fans in the stands. It was an empty stadium. That was probably an advantage to the Browns, obviously. (laughs) 
Anyway, they have to go play the Steelers on a Monday night this season. That's going to be a struggle. I don't care how good we're saying the Browns are and Deshaun Watson is going to be great. You got to go to Pittsburgh and play on the road on a Monday night game on national television. It's going to be a hard one to win. You follow that up with a, um, what, an away game? I think they play the Panthers again. And then they come back and they have a home game against the Baltimore Ravens, which we gave away two free tickets earlier today on our other Any Given Sunday show. They get their bye and then they, um, you know, play the San Francisco 49ers in week five. It's going to be a huge game. All I'm saying is this team, this Browns team, and you know this and you don't want to say it, the Browns could be 0-4 going into their bye if things don't go exactly as planned. You can have all the plans in the world, but if there's a hiccup, if there's a misfire, there's something that happens, this team is that close to going 0-4. I'm not trying to be the down uh, – Debbie Downer and all that, whatnot, negative, you know, it's not that. But you know, as a Browns fan, Browns games come down to the wire. You have sat through game after game at the sports bar or at the stadium, and you know what it's like to be a Browns fan. That's what we're talking about, right? This is why you listen to our shows, because you can, you can understand how it feels. It's a struggle. They could be 0-4. They could be 4-0. They could be 4-0 going into that bye. They've had success against the Cincinnati Bengals. Miracles do happen. They did go to Pittsburgh in 2020, like I just said, and they won. Miracles do happen. They could go on the road and win another one, and then they would play again the Baltimore Ravens. Actually, I think they have that. I think they have back-to-back home games after the – so I think the three of their first four games are at home. So it's not out of the realm of possibilities that, yes, the Browns could be 4-0. It's interesting, you know, you look back historically, even at some of these great teams that we followed when we were kids back in the 1980s and the early 90s when Bernie Kosar was throwing the ball and uh, Marty Scheidenheimer was the coach or Sam Ricigliano or Bill Belichick before they left in 95. And the Browns' seasons then, they would, you know, the start of the season, they'd win some, lose some. They rarely went 4-0 or 0-4. You know, they, you'd be 3-1, and 2-2. and So, again, that's going to likely be the case here. And so we just have to wait and see how it all pans out. And I'm excited about the Browns. Obviously, that's what we do our shows, our podcasts, because we're, we are excited. We are diehard fans but we also live in a world of reality and there's always next year we've gotten used to saying that for good reason all right so we're going to finish up on a positive note because this is summertime and i know many of you have been going out on your summer vacations and enjoying evenings out and bonfires and cookouts and all sorts of fun things, right? You've already been doing those sorts of things. Picnics. We got the 4th of July right around the corner. I hope you're excited and looking forward to doing some fun stuff with that. I thought I'd leave you with 
my five favorite vacation destination spots that I would rank as my top five spots for the summer travels. If you have um, trips that you'd like to make, I would strongly urge you to try these out and have some fun. So my top five, and if you have your top five of your favorite summer vacation spots, please email the show at elvesnetwork, E-L-F-Z network at gmail.com. And if you do, there might be some free giveaways, brown stuff that we'd love to give you. If you participate, we'd love to hear what your answers is. We'll share those answers too on the air. We'd love to, you know, we want you to participate. We want this to be a come and go and uh, enjoy talking Browns and all other things that are fun. And this is the Johnny Cleveland podcast. So we don't always talk necessarily about the Brownies. We talk about vacation spots. All right. Top five vacation spots for me, Johnny Cleveland. Number five is the, the, the mast, the uh, massive grandeur of the grand Canyon. If you have not, seen the Grand Canyon in person, you need to go to the Grand Canyon. It is one of those places in your lifetime. When you first go and see it for the first time with your own eyes, you will be overwhelmed. It is phenomenal. It's like nothing else that you will ever see in your whole life. It's like looking at something that's not real. That's the way that I would describe it. And it's a wonderful spot. There's lots of two, two around the Grand Canyon area. Flagstaff, Arizona is right down the road. Wonderful area. Um, So that's number five. Number four, number four is the great state of Maine. Go to Maine, folks. If you haven't been up to the northeast corner of the United States, my wife and I went to, up there to, to Maine a few years ago, had a great trip. They got a full uh, straight flight, by the way, if you're here in the Columbus, Ohio area and listening, come down, uh, fly out of Columbus straight to, um, what was it? Portland, Maine, wonderful area, great things to do, hiking, boating, lakes everywhere, pine trees everywhere, the cute towns along the, uh, the, the Maine coast, just phenomenal. Great stuff. Great stuff. Number three on my list. Number three on my list is the other, another Lake shore Lake Michigan um, on the, on the uh, Michigan side that stayed up North. I know uh, I had an opportunity to go to college there at hope college. Wonderful. The flying Dutchman. My son, Alec went to hope college as well. And that entire region up the West coast of Michigan, all the way up to the upper peninsula you go through cadillac and traverse city and um where else grand haven muskegon all these places along the western shore benton harbor st joe down to the chicago region folks if you get an opportunity to go to some place and you're in the midwest you are missing out if you don't hit that coastline so much to do so many little things to see and experience it's never overwhelmingly hot. The sand, they have sandy beaches there along the uh, Holland uh, State Park there outside of um, Holland, Michigan, where Hope College is. They have sand dunes that you can run up 
up, well, walk up and slide down, run down. Great experiences for family and friends. So check that area out. All right. Number two, number two on my list of favorite summer spots is, I already mentioned it earlier, the Northwest Pacific Coast, the Seattle area. Oh, Seattle is just a wonderful region. They go all the way up north to Vancouver, Victoria Islands. Uh, Winby Island, wonderful little island there, uh, Olympic State Park right outside Seattle. So if you get an op- if you haven't been to the Seattle region area, even going down toward Portland along the West Coast, strongly urge you to hit that spot. I get to get out there with my kids out there. So it's been a blessing to have that opportunity. You can be on the ocean and then an hour later you can be in the mountains and uh, hiking and climbing and having a great time. Little towns like Leavenworth, cute uh, touristy town, a little overcrowded with some tourists, like a German village, but well worth it. The views are spectacular. The photos you're going to get are phenomenal. And finally, my number one destination, I started going here several years ago um, with my own children. As uh, At the end of the school year, we get out there in Kansas and we oftentimes get done before Memorial Day. So I try to get them down here before uh, all the big crowds form. And that's down in Destin, Fort Walton, Florida, on the uh, upper uh, coastline along uh, Florida's northern coast near Alabama and uh, Mobile, Alabama, Pensacola, Florida. Destin and Fort Walton are right there. Ookaloosa Island is where we stay. You go down further the other direction, you then you start hitting little towns, um, you know, like uh, Panama and places like that. But Destin and Fort Walton are phenomenal. The beaches in Destin are in Destin are in Fort Walton are the best beaches I have ever been to. You, they will not disappoint. Beautifully sandy, white, crystal white beaches. Seashore National Park, just wonderful moments, times, and uh, I would encourage you to get down to the Destin Fort Walton area. They have straight flights here if you're in Ohio, down uh, from Columbus, down from Cleveland, and uh, make a trip down to Destin Fort Walton. You will not be disappointed. So that's my list of my top five favorite spots during the summer. Send us your answers on. Our email, elvesnetwork at gmail.com. We'll share those out, and we will give you a giveaway, a little Browns giveaway to send to you. So send us your info as well if you email the show. Folks, thank you again for following the Johnny Cleveland podcast. I'm your host, John Suchan. I hope wherever you're listening from, you've enjoyed this show, and you go out and have some fun on this summery day. It is raining, though, here in Ohio, but that's okay. We haven't had rain here in three weeks. We're jumping up and dying down for joy. All right, folks, take care. And I always close the show by saying you got it. Remember to keep smiling. 